Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 20th of June, a Monday. This is the COB, and I'm Nadine Blaney here with Kyle Rada. How is the day, Kyle? Nadine, the day was much like last week, unfortunately. We come bearing bad news, market down once again, a little bit of volatility. So no reprieve just yet for the ASX 200. Things really turned when we were on air together, really, because well, we were up have out of the gate. Do um, but, you know, we saw uh, China coming online. Actually, as we record this podcast, things are not looking too shabby uh, for Chinese markets. Still, though, just real negative sentiment, particularly coming through here in Australia in the metals and the mining space. I mean, an eight, a, a more than 8% fall for Fortescue, more than 5% fall for BHP. That's not very good at all. No, no, no. It's clearly, um, those concerns about global growth starting to filter through the space. I mean, I know we saw some news on Friday night about shrinking steel margins um, in terms of steel mills in, in China and mm-hmm. oil's price drop was precipitous. So, you know, there's clearly the jury out on the Chinese growth story. And then, you know, you overlay that, the fears of a tightening into a recession by the U.S. Federal Reserve. And, um, yeah, you're back out of... Um, Cyclicals, it would seem. Sure are. Um, look, those are really steep falls coming through. We spoke with Peter O'Connor, who is just like the metals and mining guru at uh, Sean Partners. That interview will be posted online. Uh, please do take a listen uh, to talk about what he's expecting for you know specific names in the space. He's always good value. I've said it before, but I could honestly listen to him read the phone book and I would be happy. Uh, Look, we did see a little bit of an uptick in energy prices in the Asian session today. However, uh, did not translate to a better performance for any of the uh, listed energy players. I mean, again, that's a sector that was absolutely bashed with Woodside down by more than 5%. Same with Santos. I mean, not only that, but we've got this layer of energy policy uncertainty once again here in Australia. Now, I know that's not why we saw these names down today, but um, I will direct you to an interview we did with uh, Temboran Resources after the interview ended up in the news because one of the pastoralists that it is looking to frack on its land uh, has has really come back, taken them to court again, really putting up a fight. But uh, you might want to listen to a CEO's perspective on what needs to happen in terms of uh, policy uh, to to get uh, some of these sub- energy issues behind us once and for all. Gosh, if if ever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, what did I say? It's been a decade of mismanagement. That's the the yeah. line of the, the the current Labor government. So I mean, it's so complicated. It, it really does go over my head. A lot of this stuff. The economics is really quite um yeah. Yeah, quite, no, quite I uh, look, I I don't disagree. It's one of those. It's one of those stories that we are obviously interested in. We are impacted in our daily lives by, um, but you know when we're in the heat of the markets and company news, et cetera, it's a little bit um, difficult to to really light those fires. But anyways, we've got that interview up online hmm. if you're interested. Um, 
Look, that might take us to, you know, it wasn't all bad news. We did have Infomedia, a third bidder emerging for the company. It was up by close to 8% by the end of the session. And uh, also, uh, SCA Properties, so uh, it's SCP is the ticker code. I always get confused. But it is um, SCA Property Group. It is um, buying some assets from Centuria. Uh, Vicinity Centers came up out today and actually upgraded its forecast. We've Boy. been getting money of them. Share price up by 8%. And so in uh, our uh, call program today, Andrew spoke with our expert guests about a couple of those in the REIT space. Let's hear what they had to say. I don't find REITs particularly attractive at the moment. One phenomena to be aware of is that as as rates fell, cap rates, um, which is how property properties are valued on, on the, the books of these businesses, they they fell and and so property prices have expanded because of lower interest rates and that's now going into reverse so um i I don't think vicinity and and sca are are the real targets of this but there's going to be a lot of property reits a lot of businesses who are recognizing higher property um, prices through their through their um, p l and all those gains are now going to have to reverse so i'd be very very cautious about jumping onto uh property reits SEA just got up to that pre-pandemic level and uh, VCX is still below it. These things get diluted out. So the next recession cycle, you're going to get diluted again. Mm. So the cycle in property trust, and again, both of these things are remade into a new structure post-GFC. Why? Because as anyone would realize, if you had the price chart going back to most of these stocks, you'll see how it's a lot lower for most REIT stocks. So the reality here is REITs are a good investment after the recession. It's not a good investment going into a recession cycle. So always some sage wisdom coming from those two, Nathan Samasamdram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor, just saying, look, the cycle's not your friend right now. So pretty much why bother? Too hard basket for them. So Kyle, uh, I'll just run through a couple of big stock moves. PointsBet Holdings up by 17%. Got a um, got an investment coming from Sokehana to focus on in-game betting. Uh, so it did take a stake in the company. That was good news. It was interesting to see some of the the heavily sold down tech names and e-commerce names doing well today. Appen, Templin, Webster, mm. uh, Kogan did really well today. Um, and on the flip side, some of the other companies that lost ground, you know, really it was all in that metals and mining space. Um, yeah, so it was just a, it was just a funny old day out there, wasn't it? It was. This is the question I put to a few um, of our guests and one that's sort of plaguing me at the moment is that, you know, clearly we've seen the ASX 200. In fact, I was talking to Tony Sycamore about it today on the trade. So there you go. Go and go and watch that because obviously he's a master when it comes to technicals. But, you know, are we about to see ASX 200 underperformance against the rest of the world? Because if it's been this sort of value shift mm-hmm. and this cyclical shift and, you know, this play towards inflation hedges that have led our market higher, at least supported it. If they get unwound in the presumption that we're going to get the Fed tightening into recession and China is in the, in the sort of unknown um, sort of quantity right now is that you know do we start to see um, you know some severe underperformance in Aussie equities like we saw today? So again, it's um, it's very interesting. It all ties back to the macro, of course. But um, yeah, a lot yeah. of lot of punishment in that uh, in that commodity space, and you just sort of wonder what sort of signal should we should be taking from that. I know. Well, it, you know, commodities and and the material space was the saving grace for the Aussie market to start 2022. We were quite smug about that for a very long time. <laughs> but uh, is there a regime change? Well, regardless. 
there are opportunities and there are strategies that you can employ and deploy, I suppose, to get you through uh, what is, you know, a very difficult market um, market cycle that we're in. So there's a couple of interviews available on the show notes or via the show notes. You can listen to, look, I enjoyed speaking with Dermot Ryan from Renaissance Asset Management. Uh, we also spoke with Ashley Glover from CMC Markets uh, just for some ideas in, uh, in when things are feeling pretty bearish out there. Also, Kyle, we had a good chat with Ben Simpson. You're, you're talking about a Raymond crypto Inverse inverse correlation, chart, yeah. yeah. Well, no, that was that was his um, comment that he made that yeah. um, since the the Bitcoin sell off, he's had to eat a little bit more ramen. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I we'll have to go through Reuters tomorrow morning to see if there is some sort of inverse correlation between the price of Bitcoin and the price of ramen. Um, but yeah, a lot of the the crypto bros out there might be getting their uh, yeah their meager ring fix sorted out pretty pretty yeah. promptly. It takes me back to high school days. Well, it's just making me hungry right now <laughs> as we record this after the market close. Um, so tomorrow, tomorrow we've got uh, the RBA minutes. We will also have a bit of a review coming from the RBA on their yield curve control policy, and uh, Reserve Bank Governor Phil Philip Lowe is, is speaking. It's it's an address. You know, they're always really creative titles. I think it's just economics and monetary policy or something like that, the economic outlook and monetary policy. <laughs> um, you know, what do we want to hear still from the uh, RBA? It's, I guess that they're taking inflation seriously. I mean, I think that the notion's been for a while that they're behind the curve and that the move in the last at their last meeting where they did hike 50 basis points was sort of a change of tact. But, you know, you've kind of got a situation now that in real terms, policy is still stimulatory. At 0.85%, it's below any notion of the neutral rate. So it's about how quickly are they going to get to that so they start to run policy in such a way that won't be stoking inflation or won't be you know, continuing to add to these inflationary pressures. And, of course, there's a debate as to how much they can actually affect that based on you know, whether you assume it's a de- demand story or it's a supply-side story more or whatever happens to be. The language is going to be important because I think more than anything else, the RBA has lost control of the narrative. And the one other thing, just to add to that, that's going to be interesting, is how they defend what happened with the yield curve control program because that was an absolute debacle when it comes to the, the way market participants see that. So it'll either be a mea culpa or some kind of very um, very interesting way that uh, that Governor Logue wriggles his way out of trying to explain how that was an okay thing that happened. The the beauty of um, Philip Lowe is he never seems to be wriggling very much, does he? He's very uh-huh. sort of a calm a communicator. So we'll see. Listen, I've got the um, yeah the opportunity to to moderate. Uh, the Q&A session, no doubt. There will be plenty of questions from in the room and from journalists as well. So we will bring you that uh, live on Ausbiz live stream. We live stream from 8.30 in the morning till 4.15 in the evening, if you're not aware. Um, listen, other than that, uh, tonight we've got a holiday in the United States, so we're not going to get very much in the way of leads. Uh, we did see a bit of a fizzle coming through at one point for U.S. futures, although I do note at this stage, at least, we're recording, as I said, after market close, um, picking themselves off the mat. So uh, we'll see in Europe, there will be a bit of conversation about Macron. It looks as if uh, he's lost majority, and so that could cause some uh, uncertainty there. And of course, markets don't like uncertainty. Uh, and then as far as tomorrow goes, we've already mentioned, um, you know, we've already mentioned the RBA and what's coming from the RBA. We will be getting a view on all of that. Uh, everything that the central bankers are saying, and we'll hear from a lot of them in the U.S. this week. Uh, but Jonathan Payne from the Payne Report, he's one of my faves. And he'll be joining us at 10 a.m. to discuss everything that's going on in global markets right now. 
Um, Alex Pakoulis from Harper Bernays is joining us. And you've got Prashant Nuhana from TD Securities in the big picture. Yes, another great uh, macro watcher and Fed watcher too. So some good color from uh, his vantage point in Singapore. Yeah, now on the small cap, Steve Johnson from Forager Funds Management is joining me. But I always hate listing names because I, lo- I leave people out just by default when... When really, I'm really excited to speak with them all. Of course, it's like an Oscar speech, right? <laughs> you know, if, if you haven't been mentioned, um, know that uh, you've all been there from day one and and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah. All right. So that uh, rally that we saw early on really did fizzle. It was to do with the miners primarily, as well as the energy space. So by the end of the session, we saw the S&P ASX 200 down by six tenths of a percent to 6,433. I mean... Technically, that's going to be pretty ugly. Yeah, it's ugly. It's ugly. Again, go go to that uh, chat I had with um with with Tony Sycamore today. He goes through all the technicals in the ASX 200. He doesn't like it. I, I'm going to because yeah. uh, I missed that one. Head down, bum up. Mm. For me today, Kyle. Listen, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. I hope you have a good evening. You too, and uh, better luck on Tuesday, I suppose. Yeah. Here we go. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.